What's up, people? This is You're Not Listening, the podcast that teaches you how to actively listen to music one song at a time. I'm Sean O'Loughlin. I am Jim Sean Dad. And this is our yearly, I hope it comes out in time, <laughs> but this is our yearly St. <laughs> Patrick's Day special uh, where we get to talk about some Celtic music like we do every year. We've had some pretty awesome guests. We always try to get a guest on for this show uh, because we're connected with a lot of awesome Celtic musicians and we like to bring them on to have them talk about their music. So today we're talking to someone who I've been, I've been going to shows Graham, for like since like oh. middle school, man. I think I was yeah. like seventh grade when we started, yeah. probably 2002 probably I've been coming to shows. Uh, but we have Graham Wright on mm-hmm. from Glengarry Boys. How's it going, Graham? Yeah. Very good, guys. Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining us. We tried to set this up with you last year or a couple of years ago, one year, and uh, couldn't quite make it happen because of COVID and stuff. But uh, we're glad to have you on now. I'm sorry if I sound a little bit frantic during this episode because I have been running around like a headless chicken at a trade show all day for my nine to five. But um, I'm trying. I'm going to dial it in. I'm, I'm here to talk about music again. So I'm really excited. So Dad, this is what you enjoy. You? Remember this. This is what you That's like. Right, I know. I know. <laughs> I, I literally came back. I got on with Graham and I'm just like talking to him while I'm throwing ice in a glass and pouring me uh, some Tullamore Dew because I need it. I need it now. So <laughs> uh, what's going on, Dad? Nothing. What's going on? How's, how's the conference? It's okay. It's a little weird. You know, there's a lot of people, like nothing happened and yeah. uh, not, not a lot of masks. Nobody's wearing yep. masks except yep. for me and my couple friends. And it's just kind of a little weird. It's, it's weird because you feel like you're right back into like, like nothing changed, like nothing happened. But then you realize that you haven't been here in three years when you usually go over yeah. here. And it's just and in the back of your head, you're thinking, oh, what's wrong with this? And it's going a little weird and stuff. Mm. Yeah. It's always those little right. voices and stuff. So. Should we probably do a quick, you know, how we got to know um, Graham and, and the uh, Glengarry boys and, and all that stuff. And I mean, I was I was looking at some of the notes and stuff. And Graham, just so you know, I, I don't know if you know the premise of this, but um, Sean had asked me, God, I guess it's about two and a half, three years ago now, right, Sean? Um, when we started the yeah, podcast. Like three years. Yeah. Um, hey, you know, those conversations that, that we've always had of, you know, hey, you know, dad, here's a band. Here's a song. I want you to listen to it, blah, blah, blah. Let's do a podcast about that. And I was thinking like, no one's going to listen to this. Who, who the hell cares what we kind of say stuff. And three years later, it's still going on. We still have a pretty good following and still working out real well. And the idea of this podcast of, hey, Sean, I've got this band. I've got this song I want you to listen to is exactly how we found you guys, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was one where Sean said to me, was it back in middle school, Sean? You know, or mm-hmm. high school or something. Yeah, middle school. Dad, dad, there's this band that you know my, my friends and their you know their dads or somebody else have found the stuff, and I want to want you to listen to them. I want you, here's the, the the first CD, and you know, or let's go to a show or whatever at the old Tupelo in in Londonderry, the old the old house, you know, that they used to be and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. And you know, fast forward here we are. You know, how many years later, and you know, still following you guys and get a show coming up. Years. At the, the, That's t- like twenty years later. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's probably been about 20 years. Yeah, my friend Cole Griffin, shout out Griffin, what up, started, uh, their family invited me to go to the uh, Highland Games at Loon Mountain every That's year, right. and so I started going with them, and so they said, there's this band that we love to see, called the Glengarry Boys, Let, we're going to go see them, and I was just like, okay, I, I go where you go, because I'm like, you know, 14 years old and need to be <laughs> supervised. So uh, I went and I just fell in love with with the music and it was I, I loved it. And then we would see you guys every year. And then we, we, you started coming up to Tupelo and stuff. and We'd go see you there and we followed you all around. 
Um, you know, since the, I want to say from the exile days, I think probably 2000, because I judge everything by 9-11 and I was in eighth grade when that happened. So yeah, seventh grade, yeah, probably like 2000 is uh, when I first saw you guys. Well, I remember you were advertising that as your new album, whether it was just your newest album, your most recent, or if it was your newest one, that's kind of what you were pushing uh, at that show. But, you know, bought, bought a bunch of CDs and some merch and stuff and just, you know, I kind of dove in and just kept listening to you all for 22 years and just just love it it makes me feel good and it, it gets me in the spirit so I, i'm really glad that you were able to, to finally come on so for, for those of you out there who may not know glenn gary boys shame on them first off but um no um can you give us a little bit of history a little bit of the the evolution of the band uh, what i was saying is uh i know there's been personnel changes over the years and stuff but uh obviously it's your band you've been a constant and stuff um and also the you know the lead guy out front and stuff but uh give us a little taste of who the Glenn Gary boys are, were, and continue to be. Yeah. Um, well, I was born and raised in Scotland, moved over to Canada when I was 11, 12 years old. Always loved Scottish music and my heritage. And I used to play um, music with my brothers. Um, I used to get up on stage with them and sing and play guitar. And many times uh, when I was playing with my brothers, because I wasn't that good, they would have me on mute the entire time and I never knew it. <laughs> uh, so I, I started my own uh, solo thing. Uh, just before my first daughter, uh, Lexi, was born. And I did some local touring. Uh, nothing, nothing too heavy, but I was I was getting busy. And then I would write these goals on my wall, 10 goals uh, every year. I was, a, I was a policeman at the time, but I would, I'd write these goals on the wall of what I wanted to achieve in music. And the majority of the time, I would hit either all 10 or 9 or 8, and I'd just take the ones I didn't complete and I'd put it into the next years. And these are the goals I want to complete. And it just so happened that uh, I was hitting all these goals and the band kept growing the band, the solo career kept growing. And then, uh, my friend, uh, Ziggy, I invited him in, uh, with me and we did a duo for a year, see how that was going. And it went really well. We brought in more players and we started to expand away from Ontario into the United States and it just got bigger and bigger. And I started recording, uh, more albums and it really took off and, yeah, there was personnel changes along the way, but that's the nature of the business. You know, sure. some people get tired of doing the same thing or, or um, you know, they're just not playing up to snuff or they think that they can, not that they can, that they want to go on their own path, which I think is wonderful. And so we, we switched things around, but the Glengarry Boys kept growing, kept touring, kept doing albums. And uh, I left the police department to pursue it full time. And it got from doing maybe 30 shows a year to the point where we're doing 260 shows, 270 shows a year. Wow. Yeah. Touring all over Canada, the United States. All uh, over the world. Yeah. And then um, I was approached uh, by an agent and a man, I'm sorry, a manager first and uh, jumped in with him for a while, got a record contract with Universal Records, toured for them for one album. And uh, we hired a great agent out of New Jersey, uh, the Roots Agency, and they took us under their wing and expanded us even more. Got us into different venues and different styles and everything else. And it just, just kept taking off, taking off, taking off. And I uh, eventually got to the point where my family said, you know, Dad, you're gone like 300 days a year. Having a father for 65 mm -hmm. days is, is too much, is, is not enough. So um, I toned it back. I, I really pulled it back to about 60 shows a year. Wow. And then in the past, excluding COVID, four years pre-COVID, I pulled it back to maybe 20 shows a year, 15, just so it can be around. Like my both my girls are adults now, but uh, 
one of them just had a baby uh, and I just want to stick around for, for, for them and my grandson and my wife and, and make sure that, you know, I can repay back all those years. They let me follow my dreams. So nice. Um, we did extremely well. We enjoyed it. Um, I loved every moment on it. Um, obviously there's like in any business, there's things that you want to, you wish you never had to experience or the arguments, the fights or the, the long trips in the tour bus. But, all of that just becomes your entire story and you grow from that. And uh, I loved it all. And, and every member that played in our band, uh, I loved every one of them. Uh, they were great people. Did we have differences? Yeah. Did we not get along sometimes? Yeah. But, you know, all in all, it was, they, they added to my story of life and, and I appreciate that very much. And I still love it. I still meet, enjoy meeting people and, uh, the, the people and the relationships that have been ba- built, not just between me and, and the fans, but between fans and fans, people that came to our shows, met other people because of our shows, and now they're lifelong friends, and they have been for the past 26, 27 years. Wow, nice. Yeah. And that's something I find completely amazing. And I get invited to weddings, bar mitzvahs, you know, it's 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 pretty cool, so... It's been a great journey. That is and, cool. And I've, I've loved every part of it. Yeah, it seems like the fan base, um, I mean, if you look at any of the social media stuff, and then if you go to the show as well, very loyal. That's that's one of the, the notes I had too, is like, these are the same people, and these are people who have been like there the whole time. Yeah. And and we're, we've, uh, I've always been a big proponent of our music is not just for my generation or that generation. It's for all generations. And when you go to our shows, not every show, but a lot of the shows, there's the grandmother, the mom and dad, the kids, their kids, and everybody's at the show. They're all enjoying it. And the music's fun and exciting. We're not harsh. We're not drunks and we're not whatever, you know, drug users or anything like that. It's it's all family oriented and orientated. It's a lot of fun. The kids enjoy it. The grandparents enjoy it. And if you can spend that, I mean, that's, that's just uh, payment in itself that, you can spend every uh, piece of a family where they can hang out and enjoy themselves to the same type of music, which yep. is, which is good. Well, and that's exactly yeah. us. And I think my girls would love it. And my oldest girl would, would love it. She loves any live music. Anytime there's a street musician or anything that she, she just stops and just stares. Yeah. She loves it. So I, someday we'll get her to a show. <laughs> oh, definitely. So once we're comfortable taking her to places. Yeah. After. If I did, if I take my middle child, she'll come and just like, she'll probably get behind the drum set. And just like be like animal. Nice. But the oldest one, she'll do well. That's good. <laughs> I like that. So let's talk about some music. We, we got a couple songs here. I had so many songs that I wanted to do. I actually really like a lot of the traditional stuff that you have on the first couple albums. Mm-hmm. Uh, my favorite albums were Full Contact. And uh, what's the very Gathering. first one? Home again. Home again. Home, Home again. Home again is number That's, one. Those are my fir- my favorite two albums. Awesome. But we wanted to talk about. Um, I, I didn't want to talk about songs that you didn't write because I think there's better stories to tell when you are the one that wrote the song. So uh, we're gonna talk about the songs "Angels Gather" and "Over the Mountain." Which one do we want to do first? Whatever one you want. We can start with "Angels Gather" if you want. All right. Yeah. Let's do that. Yeah. So go ahead uh, to the link in the show notes and listen to it, and we will talk to you. Afterwards. Ah, come on, that's unbelievable. Has anyone ever mentioned or, or talked to you specifically about the tone of, of the way you, that your voice is? Because it seems so unique. And I'm not just pandering, I, I, I promise. It's just, it's a very different feel. I mean, yeah. it feels Celtic. It feels different. 
but it's a it's a very unique sound, I think. Yeah, I've, I've heard it a couple of times, not a lot. Um, you know, one of the biggest compliments you get is other music, other musicians come up and tell you about your voice, which I've had not a lot, but a couple of times. Um, but yeah, I just I've got kind of th- I think I have my kind of own style, and I don't try and mimic anybody, which goes back to what we talked about during the song is that I try not to listen to other music. Um, one, because if I write a song, I don't want to be, have one of those earworms in there where I'm stealing somebody's idea. Uh, and if I've got an earworm, that's because whoever did it, it, it's really good and it's stuck. So I try and stay away from it. I listen to more music, uh, now than I did back then, just for that main reason. Really? That if I wanted to write something, it's original and there's no, nobody can say, oh, you know, that sounds like, or that, you know, that's from that band. Oh, Heavy and, influence. Uh, yeah, I try not to have that influence and I want my own feel out there. So uh, that's why I don't listen to, to other music. But yeah, it's, so I just try and keep to uh, sing how I feel. And, and uh, I personally don't consider myself a good singer. Uh, when I listen to my own music, I always pick out all the mistakes or, oh, I should have done this. I should have never done that. Oh yeah, of course. Of course. So I try not to listen to my own stuff too often, unfortunately. That, that's uh, why I was wondering. It was well, nice to hear that song. Well, we listen to songs thinking, is this, is this good or is this weird? Is this uncomfortable? And, you know, cause this is the, the same format that Sean and I would do all the time is we play the song and, you know, we take snippets out to make sure we don't get sued by putting it out there, obviously. But, um, to, to listen to it and then, but to do it with the artist who's actually singing, it's like, that must be weird. I wonder if we should change that because I don't want to put you on the spot and make you uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. No, no, not on the spot. Well, I think we're going to start. It's interesting because we, we, the premise was always like, oh, let's listen to the song together and then talk about it. But I'm wondering if it might be better in the future to start like, tell people, okay, listen to the song before we get on to record. So we can just get right into talking about it. I don't know which one will work better, but it is kind of nice to sit here and listen to it together. Uh, sometimes yeah well uh, i have some things that i wanted to point out but i want to get kind of your story for the song first yeah Uh, you know why why did you write this song what's what's the what's the story behind it why is it special to you well um there's a story about this and it's off of uh, i believe the roots album yep um i get a i get a phone call from our manager uh that we were paying a disgusting amount of money to and I kept complaining to the manager, you're not doing the job we expect you to do. And it's like, I keep you writing you checks and we're on this treadmill that's going nowhere. And you're just, I feel as though you're just wanting my money rather than wanting to take me to the level I want to be at. And I was asked by um, the manager, an agent, and a fan that I met, extremely wealthy, like in the seven figures. I, he asked me if I would come and play through my agent, come and play for a private party. Now, we don't do private parties, but I thought, well, yeah, why not? So we invited us down to his estate. And on the way down to his estate, and I mean an estate, racehorses, the whole. And I kept complaining to my manager saying, you know what? I'm, I'm out here every day plugging away, touring from city to city to city. I'm away from my family. Uh I'm dishing out so much money, uh, you know, for tour expenses, managers, agents, record labels. Um, I feel now that the tail is starting to wag the dog a little bit here. 
and no, 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 this is a great show. It's going to be good for you. We're going to get you to this place. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And anyway, I went down to the show and it was, it was absolutely terrible. The people were really nice. The place was gorgeous. Um, the, the family, they, they paid my agent what, what our fee was. And at the end, the woman comes up and hands me a check for almost double what our fee was. And I didn't take it. I didn't take the money because that's not the way I, 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 I roll. So when I got home after that, and we were out for a tour for a while because we left there. Uh, it was I think it was South Carolina. We left there and we ended up in Nova Scotia. And then I spent a week with my girls and my wife at the cottage. And, um, and I got my guitar out and I just wrote this entire thing. And it's just, it doesn't sound angry, but there's a lot of anger in the song. It's that you make all these promises and that's kind of the, I bow my head and I walk away. The angels gather, that's, that's the band. And we bow our heads because we're just getting disgusted. Uh, and I, I eventually got rid of them after that and uh, got involved with another manager, which I shouldn't have. And, it, you know, it's all parts and parts of the business. So that was part of it. And um, it was just the whole thing was being taken advantage of and, and me just constantly. See, the band would, would hop in the tour bus and they'd go from point A to point B where I would hop in the tour bus, get up, dropped off at the, the airport, fly from, you know, Texas to New York City, do TV, do radio, fly from there. I'd fly out to Oregon. I would do stuff there. Then I'd meet up with a band, do a show. They get on the tour bus. I'd travel to the next airport. And then I was constantly gone. It was just perpetual every single day. Ooh. And it was a lot. And, you know. I mean, Where's the ROI? Like, uh, like- yeah, there, there was none other than my, my family were well taken care of. And, you know, my kids were happy. My wife was happy other than me being gone all the time. And then eventually you, you, you sit back and say, you know what? Fame and fortune is just not worth it. It's not worth it. You, you miss up, miss out on so many life uh, pleasures that, uh, that you regret it when you get older. And that, that's the whole point of Angels Gather. I mean, I was made so many promises by so many people that were just had their hand in my pocket deeper than I can go in my pocket. And uh, so that's where Angels Gather came from. It was just... It was out of, of anger, and then I had to can take control of my business. So I fired the record company, which is very strange because you don't fire Universal Records. They were one of the biggest in the world. <laughs> uh, you don't fire your man. Um, and I fired them, and I fired the next one. Uh, I kept my agent for a while, and then when I started to tone down the touring, uh, we parted ways, but we parted ways as really good friends. And... Uh, He's, nice. he's, uh, he's been, he's been a great confidant and a great friend for, for many years, but you get to a point where I'm making a lot of people rich and I'm the one that's constantly shoveling the shit. If you know what yeah. I mean. Yeah. So yeah. that, that's, that's, yeah. that's and the stress the and the pressure and the stress and the pressure you. that comes with it and the business side of things. And wow. Yeah. And then you have band members in the band that don't understand those pressures because you try and shield them and protect them from all of that. And it's, you know, a lot of it was, they're there to play music. Well, they're there to play music. And they, when you ask them to help you run the business, they go, Oh no, no, that's your yeah. company. Yeah. Okay, no. fine. And then it's, well, you're hopping on a jet. You're going here, you're going there, you're doing this, you're doing that. And you're on the TV, you're on radio. Well, yeah, but where is my downtime when I can spend two, three days to just put my feet up right. and sit by a pool? I don't, it's yeah. constant, 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 constant. Yeah. So, so to that piece, you have to do that. Two, three hundred shows a year. Fast forward now, you play that on stage. 
do you do you remember that? Do you feel that? Do you play it angry? I mean, it doesn't come across that way. It doesn't come it's across that way um, in the recordings, and I've never felt that. Obviously, in all the the, the dozens and dozens of times we've seen you, does it kind of sting when you're playing it, or does it feel good when you're playing it, or do you not play it at all? Um, we haven't played it in a little while. We're going to try. We're going to revive it because I like it. And it, it, the premise of the song is angry, but the other premise of the song is is relief because mm, like freeing. After yeah. that, I I got it out in music. And then it was, now I'm going to take care of my business. It helped you make the decision so to change. It, yeah. It was, it was a, yeah, it was a big relief that, okay, I got to make some changes. So wow, okay. I did, and I felt better. So does Universal own the rights to this song, though? No. Oh, so when I, when I signed with Universal, I met with the president. And usually um, they, the artist doesn't get to meet with the president of Universal. I was called in because I could tell my own story better than my manager could at the time. And I sat down and I told him the entire story of the band. And uh, he signed me straight away and he made me a deal. He said, we didn't sign a, back in the day, you didn't sign financial deals. Like we're going to give you X amount of dollars for X amount of albums. Basically then it was, we're going to pay you this for every album it sold. And when I signed mine, after our story was told and it was on the spot, he said, the deal you just signed minus the cash outlay initially is bigger than Garth Brooks or any artist we've ever had. So I negotiated wow. a better Jeez. deal yeah, than, than all of them. So Wow. Yeah, and and then we, we and the album was already out and it just got released and they basically took it over, started distribution, everything else. And but after that was done, that was the end of it. Yeah. And that that was at so. the time, if I remember correctly, that was the roots time. That was Sean, you're gonna help me with this. Is that Shelly? Was that Gibby? James? Yeah. That was that, Gibby, yeah. You could tell the, by the, the bass. bass. I wanted yeah. to talk yeah. about some of this stuff yeah. because if you listen to Heavy the bass, bass in yeah. this and you've seen Gibby play live, it is that's how he plays. It's yeah. just that the whole song, the do 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 do, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just, no, he, he was a great. I wanted bass to talk player. about that. I'm, I, sure, I'm sure he still is. I haven't talked to him since he left the band. Yeah, here, let me let me just play a little snippet so people can hear what I'm, yeah. what I'm talking about. Just just listen to the bass. It's just, it's very choppy and it's very like animated and, and very active. It's not kind of sitting in the back. Yeah. Yeah. I really, you played one song where you played like, you, you played a session tune and he actually played the melody of the session tune. I don't remember what it was. Uh, or it might have been one that you guys made up, but it I sounded it like a session Gibby tune. Boy. And he just played the yes. whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. So he probably, he probably helped write it, I'm guessing. Yeah. He, he came up with a concept. That was, that was I remember weird. watching that live and, you know, as a bass player, I'm like, holy shit yeah he <laughs> was very, very talented very very talented him shelly and james all talented people and it's unfortunately that uh they went on their way but that's just part of this business and you you move on and yep. keep plugging away yes yep that was one thing that i wanted to point out but i want to play the course the, the there's like three separate choruses in this that kind of go like one at a time so i want to i want to play for that because i really like the first part when you first kick into the chorus I'm never going to listen to this song the same, by the way, now, now that I know the story. And I hear the lyrics. And then there's the second part of the chorus. It's not free. It's not free. 
And then the third part. Then the angels gather, so you kind of have those three sections of the chorus. Did that just did this song just like is this one of those songs that just like flowed out of you? Yeah, I, I wrote, just kind of like I wrote the yeah. entire thing, the lyrics, in uh, probably ten minutes. Everything Which, it just just came out. I mean, I obviously because tweaked. so I, I was going to say you could take any one of those three sections of that chorus and have that. Just that be the chorus, yeah, and it would work. Yeah, uh, it would. It would still sound good, right? Like you could skip the the take me away part. You could scare the uh, skip the uh, snot free part, and then just go right into angels gather. And any one of those would work as the chorus for the song. But you have them all strung together, and I think that's really that's really cool. It's pretty unique. I mean, it's a long chorus. Yeah, but it doesn't drag on because oh, it's yeah. almost like separated it's so, it's into so those full. three separate yeah. sections. And I right. think that's that's really cool structure. And that, that tells the part, I mean, when it gets to that part, that's the part where I'm disgusted now. And that's me explaining my disgust and, and how I'm going to deal with it. And that's, that's how that all transformed. So it's, so, it's, so uh, it's pretty different. With that understanding, fast forward to the last, the last chorus where the, the trumpet breaks in at like 340. Sean, if you can, if you can put the timestamp on that one. Is that more the cathartic of the old? We're going to move on. We've learned, and you know, I can I can push this aside now. Is it? Does it feel? I mean, it just feels like it's building and building, and now it feels like there's a breath of fresh air at the end, almost. And is that an oversimplification? Yeah. Yeah. I love that trumpet, that ba ba bum, and you do that with the piano too. Yeah, that was James. James played those two parts. Yeah, he's, yeah, he was—he nice. was a great musician, good guy. He—he uh, he, uh, a little quirky, but you know everybody's got. <laughs> yeah, quirks. he was fun. He was fun to—he was fun to watch on stage too. <laughs> yeah, he was. Yeah. The one thing that stands out too—not the one thing, but another thing that stands out is at two thirteen when you have the guitar solo, this acoustic guitar solo that is really bluesy. Yeah. It's That's really, he's angry, it's really he's blues angry compared to the rest of the he's song. Angry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You got the blues, man. Yeah. So that I had I had left a gap in the, the the middle of the song at that point, and at the almost at the very end, um, needed something, and I needed. I didn't know what it was. So when I was in the studio, I just said to the engineer, "I said, just run it. I'm gonna I'm just gonna do a solo." And so that was live off the floor, and then if you go near the end of the song, you'll oh, wow. hear uh, a higher pitched solo. And that was exact same thing, but I wanted that to feel more of a um, orchestral uh, church kind of angely sound. So you hear a little dee -dee 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 at the background, and that's that's I threw that in right yes. off the floor. Yep. Yep. Yeah. That's nice. So, Graham, that's the official word. That's that's um, an official word. Angelly, I can use that now. Yeah, <laughs> angelly. Yeah. Angelic. Sorry. Angelic. There you go. Angel, no, angelly. I think that's even better. Yeah. <laughs> Angel. Angelist. One name I've never been angel. called. <laughs> so I don't. I can't go too much farther after seven, but I want to wrap up this song and then get into the second song too, because I know that song is really important to you. 
So um, what is there anything else that either of you want to say about about Angels Gather before we move on? Uh, not for me. I just like I think it's something that um, I think I've heard it live. I don't know if I have or not, but I was wondering if it would be an opener in in, uh, in the past and stuff. But sounds like it's one that really hasn't kind of made it into the set for a, for a while. Yeah, just bringing in new people and trying to, you know, you're learning new tunes and you have to sacrifice somewhere. Mm, so right, unfortunately, right. that was one that sacrificed. Right. Well, the next one, I'm glad you don't sacrifice, and I'm yeah. guessing you don't over the mountain because I know that's one that's on a regular basis, correct? Yeah. Yeah. And you've worked and you've released this song twice in two different keys, correct? Yeah, I released it twice, and it's uh, been in a movie. Oh, okay. Well, we're going to talk about that in a minute. But uh, do you want it to? No, I know the song. Yeah, no, I know the song because I know you you pressed for time, Sean. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I have I have dinner reservations, business stuff. But yeah, let's get right into it. So for listeners, if you're listening, go ahead, take this moment. Go ahead and listen to the song. I'll play the I'll play the tune track here for you. All right, that was your cue to pause the podcast and go listen. And then when you come back, you know we're going to be talking about it. So Graham, what what's the story with this song? This is I, I get it's a beautiful. feeling from all the years that I've been going to shows, I've seen you play this song so many times. I, I get a feeling that this is one of your personal favorite songs, and I want to know what the story is behind this. Yeah, there's uh, it's a personal favorite. My my wife's uh, grandfather, Glenn, uh, his wife, my wife's grandmother, uh, passed away from breast cancer. And uh, during the time of writing this, one of my friends uh, was diagnosed with uh, breast cancer and she eventually passed away. So it's basically a story of uh, a guy meets a girl down by the ocean. Uh, they live together. Uh, they get married. They, they live together. They have a life, and she passes away. And and at the very end of it, it says, um, as he's on his deathbed, he he closes his eyes, and he's he's now on his way to heaven, and and meets her, and his hands are out, and they're holding hands again, and uh, so it's the whole premise of uh, life, death, and then ever after. And uh, I mean, that's the way I I see things. That. Uh, the song portrays is that um, he met his wife, he lost his wife, and the kids grew up and they moved away. He was alone. He eventually passes away, and after he passes, um, he's back with his wife again uh, in heaven or or wherever people think Valhalla or whatever, and and they live together again. So it's it's very touching. It's very meaningful, and um, unfortunately, the. the the people who I wrote the song for uh, uh, didn't get to hear it, but hopefully they can and uh, where uh-huh. they are now. So that's why it's in Yep, there. I'm sure they yep. have. Yeah, hope so. And I remember you telling the story at one of your shows, one of the, probably one of the Scottish festivals, Yeah, telling that we just re-released the song because I wanted to do it in a different key and Ziggy didn't want to or something. <laughs> yeah. And I just, I'm curious, what, what was the, what was the, um, the thinking around uh, re-releasing it. Why did you re-release it? Because it's a, the original recording is a great song. Yeah, it's a great, I, great recording of it. I really like the original recording. Um, I, I just wanted to try something new. I want to try and put a little bit of a different spin in it with different musicians. Uh, try and mm-hmm. you know make the song a, a more of an impact. I didn't really get out exactly what I wanted um, on the second recording. I, I've always wanted to, to have a a big choir behind me while singing like angels gather and, and, and this one and, and a couple of others just to make it that big epic sound. Uh, but obviously budgets, budgets take control and you can't. So that, that was just a, an experiment I wanted to try. 
I was trying to look up the uh, the film. Was it what was the name of the the film it was in? Oceanfront's property or Oceanfront okay. property. It's an independent film out of Texas. Um, a guy named Joe Scott contacted me. He wanted me to write the entire score for his movie, um, but I had I just didn't have the time uh, or the focus, and um, so he took um, a Robbie Burns tune. Yeah, that's a lot of work. That is a lot. Oh, it was, yeah, it was going to take up way too much time, and so. He, he picked a couple of songs I'd already recorded. Uh, he saw me in Texas playing and, and he loved us. And, and uh, it was a, it's a big honor just to be asked to write one song, but we oh, wanted yeah. the entire score written. Um, I gave it a lot of thought. And then I had to, I had to pull back and say, I just don't have the time, wow. unfortunately. Because I could have written every song uh, to his entire yeah. theme of his movie, but I couldn't. Yeah, that is an honor just to be asked. You're right. I'm guessing you're going to be playing this song on Sunday? Yes. Yeah, definitely. I want to point out, I love that you're always right near where I live around St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. <laughs> you always seem to be playing Tupelo right around St. Patrick's Day, which is nice. It's a great way to get to get back in the spirit and stuff. I Like we said beforehand, I don't know if I'm going to be able to come to yep. that show, but Dad, you're definitely... So what what is your favorite thing about this song? What's your favorite part of this song? Because I, I don't I've have notes some. on this song, yep. so I'd like to play some of your favorite parts. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Dad, you too. But uh, Graham, what's your favorite part of the song? Um, I just think the whole, the premise, the feel, the story, it's just, it's, it's like a life. It starts and it ends and the chorus tells it all. And I think that's the the important thing that I really like that stands out. And I just love playing it. I love the feeling behind it, the feeling I, I can put in my, in my voice and uh, it's something that comes from the heart. It's just not, I'm not just up there singing. It's just. It's uh, it's it's got feeling. It's authentic. You ever get choked up playing songs like this? Yeah, I wrote a song for my brother called uh, "My Friend," and yep. um, I tried yep. to I do it that. Great song. two years after he passed passed away. And uh, when I got near the end of it, I I started to choke up and I couldn't finish the song. It was during a concert, so. Um, but I explained to everybody what had happened and why it's um, why it's uh, precious to me and. And why it's so emotional. So uh, that's that's when I get really choked mm. up. Not so much on this yeah. one. Well, this is a beautiful song. So let's let people hear some of it. So, no, Dad, I, what? what um, I, I just love the idea you that you know, it sounds like obviously a beautiful romantic love song um, and there's a nice redemption, you know, at the end. And it's funny because, um, you know, and, and I know, Sean, you always pick up the on the instrumentation of things stuff, but. I'm guessing there's a there's a big part of a Hammond B3 in there. Is that that what I'm hearing? Yeah. Okay, because we're always drawn to the, the, the songs yeah, with that, the Hammonds, <laughs> with the B3s. Yeah. yeah. That was <clears throat> actually the drummer I have now, Adam Malone. That was his father that came up with the idea to add that in. Uh, we recorded it at his, his studio in Quebec. Oh, sorry, it's in Ontario. And um, Dad, do you know where that is so we can play a sample? I don't. Uh, I, right I you know, right. I was going to say in the chorus of the the first chorus, you know, talk, talk about the last song you just mentioned that you, you know, you had angelly and everything trying to make it feel church-like. This feels very church-like to me. Yeah. Yeah. He did a good job on that part. Yeah. It's probably about a, a minute 20 in. Let me see if I can find the chord. You could tell he wrote the song because that chorus comes in at like 119. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was close. 
But you can hear right where that organ comes in, where they go right into it. Uh, yeah, that's great. Yeah. I've, you know, Dad, I've never heard the, the Hammond in welcome. this. I've never yeah, heard it. Yeah. I was trying to think like yeah. you are. Yeah, thank but you. I, I just, I like the idea that how, how lush it is. I mean, it starts out almost like it feels like it's going to be a nice little acoustic in the background, but boy, it builds like crazy. And we always talk on, on this podcast about how much we love songs that just kind of build and build and, you know, and, and bring you home in, in a whole different way. And it's so lush and, and so rich near the end. Um, and it's funny because the, the quotes for the, for the lyrics that I put in there that you just mentioned, you ready? I'm growing tired and I'm all alone and there's a long journey ahead. Well, I, um, well, I close my eyes and drift away to see you again. And there you are in front of me. I'm getting goosebumps even saying this now that you've mentioned this. Uh, there you are in front of me, your hands held out um, for mine. And I'm with you again, my love, till the end of time. Like, come on. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. So exactly what you were just saying about, you know, the Beautiful. journey and, yeah. you know, and, and to, to meet up again. And I, you know, when I was making my notes, that's exactly what I put in there because it's so special near the end of that. That was so, so good. So good. Thanks. Thanks. Do you have a, a timestamp? Yeah, I, I don't. can play some of that, Dad, for people? I should have put it in. So I know. I, I, how long? You got to take, you gotta take my thorough notes. The song's 543. Okay, so you'll probably get that at 432. I was going to say 429. I betcha. <laughs> Look at this guy. Down the mountains, through the glen, down by the sea. That's where I met my true love. Right. It's right after that. That's that's the end chorus. It's it. That's it right here. There it is. There it is. And there's a long journey ahead. There's a Hammond. I close my eyes and drift away to see you again. Is that the organ too? That dune do dune do dune. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Special. Special. That's nice. That's nice. And you can hear the difference in bass. So who played bass on this one? I did. You did. Yeah. Okay. You can hear the difference, but you can definitely tell that it's like a different player. It's yeah. Interesting. Uh, but that's that's probably because Gibby has such a unique way that and, he, oh, yeah. that Graham, he can, plays. Can yeah. you chant? Can you tell that Sean's a bass player by chance? I just you know, randomly. Yes, I can. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. I would share some of my band's music with you from back in the 2009, 2007 era, but you probably don't need to hear it. I'll bring him a CD this weekend. I don't know if you would. Yeah, bringing a couple CDs. I found a box of 500 unopened CDs that I don't know what to do with, so I'm just giving them away. Put them underneath the furniture. Yeah, we'll get you some. Um, Dad, no. what else do you want to say about this song? Okay, we only no, got a couple you're minutes fly. left. But, no, I just uh, this is you, one of the songs that um, that when you hear it, you know that you, you just have to step back. And if you're ever in the crowd, um, this is the, this and, and I mean many more, but this is one of those songs. You know, and, and you have to understand that it's a pretty fun night. It's a it's a pretty rowdy night when you go see the Glengarry Boys. This mm. is a yeah. We listen right. to two more. This is one where you can hear a pin drop. Sure. Yeah. In the entire in the entire room, um, and um, it, there's usually, and I'm and I'm guessing that you know this obviously so much more than than I ever will. But there's usually raucous applause afterwards, stuff. But it, people don't interrupt this song; they don't they don't talk over it. They they listen, and and I think it it kind of captures they they, they it captures you right right from the start. And again, 
knowing more about it like I do now, it's uh, you even listen deeper. We listen. I'm going to listen harder now because of it. So it's got such a nice story. And, and I, I felt that when I was listening to it, yeah, really paying attention to it, kind of doing a deeper dive into it. So it's a nice, well, real well done. Yeah. Once you know the backstory of it, it uh, starts to make a little bit more sense. Mm. Yeah, for sure. So I'm going to wrap things up uh, because I do have to go. But I really, Grim, I, I want to really thank you for joining us. You know, this is this podcast is something that's really special to me. And the yeah. music that you created is also something that, that's been with me for the last 20 to 22 years, I think. And it's really nice to kind of bring the two together. And I really appreciate you you joining us. And, you know, we've been connected on on social media and stuff for a long time. We interact yeah. pretty regularly. It's, it's nice, you know, it's nice to talk about the music with you because we haven't gotten a chance to do that. Yeah. I really want, I'd like to do it again. I'd like to have you on again when I'm not as crazy, maybe in the next couple of weeks we can schedule something else. But yeah, definitely. sure, whenever you want. But thank you, thank you. Well, thanks, um, I wanted to. So the songs that I really wanted to talk about, but I didn't get a chance to. Some of the the other ones uh, that from the earlier albums. My favorite songs are uh, your original, your first recording of uh, Donald McGillivray. Oh, you've always said that. From yeah. Full contact. Yep. Yeah, yeah, that is always been my favorite. I just I don't. There's something about it. It's just so driving, and so it's like a badass recording of it. I just really yeah. like it. And then two from uh, Home Again, E Jack Bites by Name, and Willie McBride are really good. They're just really, really good. Yeah, <laughs> and, I, uh, I like both. Of them. So I just wanted you to know that, like those th- those are the ones that really kind of stick with. Yeah, me. we can talk about those next time. Yeah, I would I would love to talk about those next time you come up. We'll go. I'll I'll make sure I can get to the show. And uh, we'll, we'll okay, talk about so if that's yeah. what we're doing, are you Love ready? That. Mine, are, I was going to say something about Hero, Peace Dance with Patty. My friend was, was was one I certainly wanted to talk about. Deep Inside, Let It Rain, and I love the, the cover that you do of Welcome Patty Home. Yeah, so, I like Welcome Patty yep. Home. Hero yep. was actually written uh, after uh, uh, 9-11 when the soldiers were going over to yep. uh, Iraq to fight. And, you know, there's a line in there, uh, the roses you sent. Uh, I can't remember the exact line offhand, but there's it it a, a part about the roses you left on uh, Sunday or are or, or dead or something on on Monday, and it's just it's a little <sighs> dripping part, but that that's the premise behind that. Mm. Yeah, wow. and my friend, I wrote for my brother, and uh, the other ones are are traditional tunes that uh, I just revamped and changed. I try not to do them the exact same as anybody else does. I just want to have my own Glengarry yeah. Bush twist on it, and yeah. They'd be great. Yeah, they had a lot of fun to the show. Yeah. 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 Well, I love it. And the songs that we talked about today are not, they don't sound particularly like Celtic or Irish music, even though this is our our St. Patrick's Day episode. But if you, if any of our listeners go back, just listen to more songs in the Glengarry Boys catalog and um, you'll hear it. You'll hear a lot of those songs that we've we've talked about, uh, session tunes and the difference between tunes and songs and all this stuff. You'll hear some of those session tunes within some of the songs that we play. There's just, there's a lot of good energy in a lot of the music. Uh, I really appreciate you creating it and appreciate you joining us today. So no, thank you so much. It's uh, it's been a pleasure. I know we've been back and forth for a lot of years and stuff, but it was good to kind of finally do this and and talk about music in in earnest too, you know, not just like, Oh, we love what you do. And you know, it's it's really talking about the the depth of some of your music because it does mean a lot to the, uh, to the lot of people. And we want to make sure we get the word out there. So thank you so much for coming on my friend. Awesome. And I will, I will see you Sunday. Well, thanks Jim. Yeah. I appreciate it. I'll see you Sunday. Yeah. And Graham, is there anything else while you have, uh, sorry, there's a bit of a lag. That's why it's kind of, yeah. if, you, if you hear us talking over each other. Um, is there anything else that you want to get out while you have this platform? Uh, uh, no, just uh, we're, we're going to be there soon. And this is where we started out. Our uh, The Glengarry Boys started out in America, was in New Hampshire. 
And uh, it's also, you know, a big place in our heart, uh, as most places do there in Buffalo. And um, uh, Buffalo, Syracuse, and uh, New Hampshire, the Scottish Festival. So it's just great. And I love what you guys are doing. Keep doing it. Uh, you are doing a great job. And I really appreciate you taking the time to dis- discuss my uh, my passion or my side vocation now, as I call it. <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah. Well, thank you. And and to the listeners, I do want to apologize for any interruptions or issues in the beginning. We had some connection problems. I'm using hotel <laughs> Wi-Fi and it's Graham is in East, Ontario. wherever, you know, somewhere up in, up yeah. way up in the Arctic Circle. Uh, so, you know, we we uh, we had some some connection issues in the beginning, but uh, I think we got through it. OK, but uh, I appreciate everyone that listens. Remember to have a fantastic St. Patrick's Day. Please be responsible. Yes. But stay hydrated, listen to good music, and don't be a dick. We will talk to you next time. (laughs) Excellent. At Baker's, no matter where you order free pickup, you get the same great deals as you'd get in store. So you can save when you order during band practice or at the dog park, or wherever. Start your cart with the Baker's app and save from wherever today. Baker's, fresh for everyone. $35 order minimum, restrictions may apply. Subject to availability. Get more ways to save at the buy five or more, save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.